2: Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In
0: 1877, the earth moved with the power of a footballing giant. And the world was introduced to the beautiful game. people might yet win it here. for world blasts in the shot. What a goal! Bully's the hero again. And a podcast is following the giant in its bid for glory at the top of what it created all those years ago. This is the
3: 77 Club. Hello, and welcome to episode 238 of the 77 Club. Harry, start with the socials. The Wall
2: 77 Club on Facebook and Instagram, at 77 Club Podcast on Twitter please subscribe we beat man City so subscribe I don't know why I said that and yes yeah, YouTube too Spotify
3: YouTube <laughs> uh, Jack Williams is here hello everybody uh Harry uh, as you say a fantastic win against Manchester City we're of course going to open up with uh, this from Pep
0: yeah with uh, the Korean guy and <sentirtschaft>
3: Still great great stuff from the Wolves I'm in there. Uh, we'll probably get banned on YouTube for showing the goal, but then it is what it is. Harry, I don't think we had much hope um, before the game, and certainly my Sky Bet and your Super 6 um, sort of reflected, I think, how people were feeling before the game because I had back 7-1 to Man City and obviously I had a cheeky one in there, uh, supporting Wolves as well. But um, first off, w- were we slightly surprised um, by the starting eleven? Obviously, he was forced into... At one change, um, but you know, at the end of the day, it did the job. Totti Gomez coming in and, and back to a back five.
2: Before I get on to the formation, I think we just owe Gary O'Neill a bit of an apology because so we have absolutely nailed him the last few weeks, calling him a PE teacher, etc., as Ian has pointed out in the comments. Um,
3: He's a PEP teacher. I,
2: nobody in their right mind could have predicted that result. I don't care who you are, you're lying if you could, because. I thought we would go to a back five. We discussed it, didn't we, in the preview last week? I think we all agreed we needed to, just because how poor we've been, and it was our only hope, really, to do what we used to do under Nuno, is go to a back five, sit back, hit him on the break, and fair play to Gary O'Neill because he did it. He had a game plan, and on the day, every single player was absolutely outstanding, and we needed to be play out of an play out of our skin, and we needed Man City to have an off day and have a few of their key players missing, which they did in Rodri, De Bruyne, etc. But I'm just going to say well done to Gary O'Neill. You're a very highly qualified PE teacher now, I must admit, because that was a bit of a, ma- a masterstroke and I was buzzing for him because all Wolves fans have been giving him stick. And let's be honest, I think a lot of people wouldn't have been surprised if he'd have been walking you know, what I mean? after the Luton and Ipswich game. So, yeah, humble pie, for all of us on this podcast. And it's a shame Bayliss in here, because I I want to see if he'd still come up with you, teacher. So I'm going to retract that statement and now call him a really good Premier League manager until we lose again.
3: (laughs) Uh, Jack, uh, Wolves of back five. Pedro Neto absolutely running the show. Is it 2019 again?
1: No, it's definitely not 2019 (laughs) again. But I mean, I I was definitely probably more shocked with that result than I was when we got the results we got against Man City under Nuno just because of the way everything's been I mean yeah we are eating humble pie a little bit this week because going back to the podcast last week I think I said that it would be closer than we thought we'd only lose 3-0 or something like that and to, to come out of like that like I say with a game plan and uh, everyone stuck to their jobs really well just like Harry said then and Really, the really impressive thing was just the fact I know City had a lot of the ball, particularly in the early stages, and that, that our first goal was an own goal technically, despite some you know, brilliant work from Neto. Is we limited the chances really, really well, didn't we? That's the shocking thing. I know there was the second half, the Dawson Dawson clearance off the line, which really could probably you know set us up to go on and win the game. But I, I I just absolutely shocked and just didn't see it coming. Delighted obviously that it that it happened in the end, but I was all gearing up for Gary O'Neill to probably be sacked this coming Monday after we lose to Villa on Sunday and get battered by Man City. And it, it, I just I just, just don't believe it, really, because it stuck to their guns really well, took the chances. And the really positive thing is the fact that I, I was there, as soon as they scored that three-kick three and equalised, I think I put it in the group and said, we all know how this ends now. I thought it would be three or four-one. And the way they responded, despite having a setback, in that game they didn't crumble they went on and kept resting and you know managed to sc- score that score that second goal which was ultimately the winner so fair play to absolutely everybody Neto looks like he's come back particularly this season i was worried after he came back from injury because he just didn't seem to be hitting the same heights did he let's be honest but th- this season he's come back like he was before he was injured and it's just a, it's a delight to see and just hope we can we can hold on to him now because he's going to be absolutely crucial to us and how we, where, where we finish this season ultimately, but just shocked and really pleased for everybody at the same time, because Gary O'Neill really needed that as well. That's won him over a few Wolves
3: fans and we're going to give him a bit more time now, which is what he really needed. Absolutely. And uh, Harry, Jack mentioned him there. I mean, we will get onto Pedro Neto, but I think it's the defence and and more of a defence of what we expect and a performance we expect from someone like Craig Dawson. Uh, a really, really integral touch to take it away from Haaland in that first half um, because, you know, nine times out of ten he's putting that in the back of the net and it was even high fives from from Haaland after it happened when he sort of put it out for a corner uh, to say, you know, great, great tackle. So, you know, you you mentioned it before, uh, lots of people, lots of players stepping up. Um, The crowd was absolutely phenomenal. I said last week that it was going to be a weird atmosphere. It was toxic, but it was toxic towards one man and that one person that I think made it all happen, it was Pep, starting Nunes, and he got absolutely hammered. And I think it made the point as that at the chant of the season, the chant of the decade, "Masses Nunes, your teeth are offside, has to be one of the best I've ever heard.
2: Yeah, it mean, it just got Molyneux rocking, didn't it? From, that was the whole objective of the day, it felt at first, was just to annihilate him and every time he got the ball the boos were ringing round it's the best atmosphere at Molyneux I can remember in a long time it's the Nuno days definitely and the South Bank were immense and he got pulled off at half time he couldn't handle it he just couldn't handle it and it was yeah I mean obviously we set up really well so we were frustrating him and that was just the icing on the cake just a touch on Dawson because you mentioned him I said the other week like we need to look at dropping him maybe and again humble pie but The way we played, sitting that deep, that is his bread and butter. When he's just sat back that deep, when he's just man-marking a player, he's an old-school centre-half, and you're not going to see many centre-backs Mark Harland at the game for the rest of his career, and he did it. like He literally didn't give him a sniff. You mentioned that one where he nicked it away from his feet, but literally a 10 out of 10 performance from me from Dawson, and he was vital, along with many others, of why we managed to beat the best team in Europe. It was just an unreal performance from him. What a legend.
3: Uh, chat, Pedro Neto, um, as you say, that had a had a fantastic game, really, really hitting those heights. If Baylis was here, he would be the Eeyore of the group, saying that, you know, he's doing this, and now he's going to go to Arsenal in January. Uh, but Mark in the comments section has taken Bayless' uh, place this week for that. All well and good. Neto come in good now. But at what cost, Liverpool, Man City or Arsenal, does he go to? Um, well, look, I think he's tied down to the club till 2027, <laughs> you know if it if a team comes in for him it's going to have to be big money hopefully they've learned lessons from previous seasons and i think it's time that we gave a bit back rather than getting our pants pulled down like under scott sellers
1: well yeah it's, i mean it's all rumors at the moment isn't it and uh when he's such an integral part of basically pretty much every goal we've scored this season he's played some part in his assist level he's just really really high um you know, the, the big teams will start stiffing around and you, you've seen it mainly just on social media. I think fueled a little bit by all the Arsenal rumors from from last year, really. And just adding to the fire now, that as soon as it's coming into form, it's going to be, you know, Twitter journalism of big teams will be interested. But, you know, I'm sure there is there is something in it, maybe not quite at this stage. I do think if it did happen, though, that Neto has a bit more about him that he wouldn't do a Nunez on us. He wouldn't go on strike. He owes the club quite a lot. Obviously, we pulled him from relative obscurity, uh, Lazio, and made him into the, the player he is now that's attracting this sort of attention. So, uh, yeah, uh, I, I don't want to think about it yet. It's, it's one that will come around in January. But either way, we need to make sure if players do start to part again that we have replacements. The price is right. And hopefully, we have enough points on the board by then to be comfortable from any sort of relegation worries. Because although, obviously, it was a really good result at the weekend, it's not been the best part best start to the season. But it's nice to actually have a performance which is like a full all-round performance rather than just having a 45 minutes or a 50 minutes where we say, oh, we were really good, but then Drew or lost the game. So,
3: um, yeah, it's type, time will tell, really. But let's not think about that now. Let's just enjoy the week. Yeah, well, no, absolutely. It's kind of what you want, though, isn't it, Harry? You want the those big teams because obviously it means that you're playing well. And that's that's sort of the whole point, isn't it?
2: Yeah, yeah um... I get, yeah, I get what you mean. We, I mean, under Nuno, we all did well against the big teams, didn't we? Um, but I just couldn't see it ever happening under Gary O'Neill, I must admit. But five at the back, is just us, isn't it? It's what we are. It's uh it's what we've done well at in our Premier League era, particularly under Nuno, under Bruno Large two. But uh, yeah, it, I mean, like Jack touched on earlier, when they equalised with the, if you look at the, you know, the examples we've got at the beginning of the season, we usually crumble. We usually just lose four one. So the fact that we didn't and we scored. You know, not too soon after was incredible, and God, I mean, some even Samado's uh, Samado Bayless's mate. How good was he as well? Like, I can't even pick a man of the match. There's about four or five contenders, which I said at the beginning that, that that's the way we had to be, and yeah, very, oh, just unreal. And Mol again, I want Mullen used to be like that more often because it was a joy to watch. Obviously beating the best club in the world, it is going to be joy to watch, but it's been a while since I've enjoyed going to Molyneux, I must admit. And Saturday was just a pleasure to be there.
3: Uh, what did you think of the in-game management, Jack? Because we absolutely gave it hammering last week, uh, substitutions, etc. Um, you can't really fault anything, can
1: you, about, about Saturday, really? Everything was absolutely spot-on tactically, the way they broke up the play. You know it's good, and you know you've done well when you usually get the whispers, particularly from either City fans on Twitter, who start crying about it. Because what's happening now is when we were growing up when we were growing up it was like man united fans wasn't it they they win so much they can't take it when they lose and now the next generation that's man city fans so they've they were like oh well you won't beat us at the etihad or oh well we had three or four starting players out these sorts of things so you know you've done well then and also in the post match interviews some of them were touching on oh you know when a team doesn't want to play football then blah 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 you, you know what can you do it's always going to be difficult but we got it spot on everyone knows if you go and play man city you know we were the best team? Harry said in Europe, but probably in the world slash ever of all time. Let's be honest. Then if you go and try and play football against them, you're going to lose and get battered. So you have to play with the cards you've got, really. So um, uh, absolutely spot on, tactical masterclass. Didn't see it coming, as as we've said many times. But you know, got to give them, got to give them real credit. And hopefully now it's something that we can really build upon. And we also need to mention actually while we're eating our humble pie, um, Old Wang popping up with a goal again. Like, where would we be without his goal so far this season? Because he's a player that's had a lot of stick. Quite, quite some of it justified, I think, particularly at times. But he's he's the only one of our team who can actually finish at the moment.
2: So, <laughs> fair play to him, really. According to the Salty Man City fans, he shouldn't have been on the pitch, should he? According to their commentator as well on their YouTube channel, he should have had a second yellow apparently. But he shouldn't have been booked for the first nah. bit, So
1: I, I think that's clutching straws. Is he
3: 100%. one goal off
2: last year's top goal scorers already? But He's flying.
3: Four goal, four goals in seven, which is just unheard of for a Wolves player. Um, yeah, he's been incredible. And, and he seems to have really, really grown into that role that he's been given, Harry. And, you know, he is putting the ball in the back of the net. Huge shout out to Cunha for the layoff because, you know, some strikers would have been selfish there, tried to take on the shot. But, you know, they made it look easy.
2: Yeah, we're right to obviously say Huang, but all three of them, Cunha, Neto and Huang. Neto's run for the first goal, obviously. Just the speed and the power on the, on that was just unbelievable. A bit of luck, but we'll take it. But yeah, Cunha, he was incredible all game. All he didn't do was score, really. But to lay, off, lay Huang off the way he did was perfect. And the one person you want in that position, I know it's basically a tapping, although Kyle Walker nearly stopped it. He got his head on it. Um, it was just that's the man you want there like at the moment when he gets a chance he's scoring it he's just in that type of form he had that sort of form when he first joined on loan if you remember he just kept banging in the goals and then now he's in a bit of a rich vein of form again as when it's in the box you know it's going to be in the net and his interview after the game I don't know if you saw it with Gemma um, was brilliant he's English he's come on leaps and bounds like he's just a really nice bloke. He was signing autographs for ages outside the ground after the game, and he's an absolute superstar. And if he carries on, my God, he might he might do the impossible and get more than 10 goals for a Wolves in the Premier League. <laughs> he, he, um, he did try his
1: best to miss it, though, didn't he? If you watch it back in slow motion, he hit it straight at Walker. And luckily, there was enough power in it that he was always going <laughs> to, always going to hopefully just at least ricochet in. And... You mentioned Cunha there as well, man. I just he's just so frustrating. I can't decide whether he's brilliant or rubbish because he changes every. Week. He was
2: brilliant, Saturday, and Jack. I, yeah. He was brilliant.
1: I don't I know. I, I, he has his moments, but it's just consistency in it with him. Sometimes he just he, the next week he'll turn up and he just he'd be like he's not playing, and mm. I just don't know what you do. He must be so frustrating for a manager to have someone who's you know got that much ability and can sometimes just look like God. Who, who's he playing for us? You know, should be playing for yeah. Prime Brazil? And then Uh, the next week, it's like he's just a passenger.
2: O'Neill singled him out in the press conference after and just said, like, defensively, he was massive because he, like, kept stepping into midfield. And, like, I can't remember who's a midfield from now, but he was, like, taking care of him as well. And then when he was on the break, he had to go up. So he worked his bloody socks off. Um, So, yeah, he's a bit of a dream if we could play that formation again because he helps defensively as well as helping the counter attack, obviously, setting up goals.
1: That was part of the game plan, wasn't it? It was that everyone's going to be a defender at some point, particularly in big parts of this game where we haven't got the ball. And we're going to try and stop City just passing it round in midfield, around the back as much as possible and just intercept. And then when we do intercept, go. And, you know, it just worked. It? it just worked really, really well. Got it absolutely spawn. The back five, I think there was a question in the comment there, do we stick with it for Villa?
2: Yeah, because yeah. Villa oh, yeah. are
3: banging them in as well. So I think we've got <laughs> him now. <laughs> Just on, um, um,
2: sorry Sam, sorry to, I'll uh, oh, go on, carry on with that comment.
3: I was going to say, uh, Many Fun Adventures, hashtag van Lines said, first weekend in a long time that I haven't been left depressed, I uh, oh. completely agree. <laughs> uh, I watched Match of the Day for the first time in, I think it has to be years, years. Yeah. It's like, you know when it says, um, you know, do you want to watch the beginning on iPlayer? Yes, I do. Skip to the walls a bit. Yeah, do it again. Do it again. I had a great time. I had a great time yeah. on Saturday night. It was a just good analysis as
2: well, wasn't it? It was a good. Yeah, it was. Um, I think. Yeah. Um, well, they they obviously concentrated on Dawson, keeping Harlan quiet. I thought it was a really good little piece they did. Obviously, it wasn't the longest analysis in the world, but very good. So, just on the in game management, you mentioned it earlier. The one play that come on, Sam, and in my YouTube video when we were screaming at the well, me when we was I was screaming at the camera after the game. We mentioned, I don't know why this is the only person we praised really, but we praised Babacar Traore because when he came on, I think it was for Gomez because Gomez was knackered. He was unbelievable when he came on. He relieved so much pressure. He was getting stuck in and, and again, p- correct substitution. Whereas in weeks gone by when he's brought Traore on, we've gone mad, but it, it was he needed in this time.
1: I, I just I'd forgotten about that because I remember I, I'm thinking the same thing. I was like, oh, here we go. He's done his, his Traore substitution. But yeah, he was brilliant. It's really. just the complete oh, yeah. opposite of what happened at like Crystal Palace because some of those interceptions were just, uh, you know, match winning. And it, uh, yeah, just a, a day where everybody played their part and everybody was completely, knew their job and executed, executed it exactly as, as was intended. Like you couldn't ask for anything more really from any of them. And we just, yeah, just need to keep it going now. But I, I, like, especially when like City have won every game this season as well. Like, who would have thought that that had come from, from anywhere like we yeah. watch wolves every week and we thought there was no chance so who could have predicted that and i i, I just, don't know
2: so, sar was good too wasn't he i thought we've criticized him a lot like as we say everyone but who's man of the match? i can't even pick it i don't know about you lot it's so hard to call uh
1: i would say probably dawson but samayda's got a shout as well um i know we've mentioned both of them already really but yeah
3: yeah, I thought, yeah, I mean, for me, I think it's Neto. It's just, just, it's so refreshing to have someone that exciting on the wing, but with the in, end products, you know, it's it's chalk and cheese when you compare him to a Damatru or a, for example, you know, where it's all of the, all of the pomp and ceremony, but, you know, the ball doesn't end up in the net and, you know, obviously an own goal and you need a bit of a rub of the green sometimes, but I think he's just been phenomenal. So, so yeah, uh, just a, an all-round fantastic performance. Um, I guess we, we are going to move on to Villa but I wanted to talk about VAR but also the, the referee performance on Saturday I thought was fucking atrocious um, mm. I don't know what you, th- you thought of him Harry I just thought you know, terrible decision after terrible decision Yeah
2: it didn't feel great again but I think what I will say is the City fans thought Huang should have had two yellows but you could have said the same for Ake for them couldn't you so luckily he was consistently bad so, you know, we didn't get done over by him. But, yeah, it's a, it's just the same old story, isn't it? Every week, no referees. It's what you expect.
1: There was quite a few people who, because obviously just before they got that free quick, which they equalised from, Cunha was up the other end of the pitch yeah. and um, went down. That was one that in real time, I thought, that's definitely a foul, has not not been given. But watching it back, I don't think it was a foul. I think he actually got that right, to be fair, because I think Cunha was looking for it and did just jump, jump to the floor, to be honest. So that that's... Uh, not a, that's one that people would have been moaning out a lot if it had finished 1-1 one one or we'd lost the game potentially but I think they probably did just about get that right because I think he was just looking for it and
3: there was three or four players around him at that time so yeah yeah completely agree um, let's play the VAR audio from uh, a completely different game which was the Spurs versus Liverpool game
0: both holding both holding yeah Leave it waiting, waiting delaying, delaying delaying yes yeah. Give it. Oh, okay. Coming back for the offside, mate.
2: Just checking the offside delay delay. Give me kick point, let's go. Yep. Kick point yeah, please. No worries, mate. So here we are. <sighs> wait, it's okay. Um just get a tight angle. Yeah, give me two D line ready, I feel as well for frame right, two so for that. That's frame, fine. Frame two there. Perfect. I've got yep. the time on the Two D line right? on left boot. Yep. Well, let me just switch the angle. I think I might be this angle better. Hey. Happy okay. with this angle.
0: Yeah. Yep. you, don't Two
2: yep. D line on the boot. Two D line on the boot. Yep, okay. Wait, no wait. So 2D line on the view. Check complete. Check
3: complete. It's fine. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Off. Thank, Thank, you. Mate. Thank you. mate. Wait, 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 wait. On-field decision was offside. Are you happy with this? Yeah. Are you happy with this? Offside. Goal. Yeah.
2: That's, no, wait, that's wait. Not what it does. On-field decision was offside. Are you happy with you this, Jimmy? Yes. Onside. The image we gave was onside. Left back. He's played. Oh, he's yeah. gone offside. Delay.
3: Delay. Delay. Oli's saying to delay. Oli's saying <laughs> to delay. Red throw, red calling in to say delay the game. To to complete... The yeah. decision is... Can't do anything. Oli's saying to delay. Oli's saying to delay. Oli?
0: Yeah,
3: delay on. the game. To delay the game. Stop the game. Yeah, they've restarted Nothing the game. Yeah, they've anything. restarted. Yeah. Can't do anything. No. I can't do anything. No. I can't no. do anything beep indeed uh harry it think i think it confirms what we're talking about beginning the season about the shambles it is var we said is it corruption is it complete and utter idiots running it incompetence and i think it's the latter isn't it you've got to say that it's just you can't believe it listening to that
2: yeah, complete incompetence. I mean, we've had, it, we've had it bad this season, but if I was a Liverpool fan, which they have been, I would be absolutely fuming. And I think the rule is, unless it's a handball or a penalty, they can't go back once they've done it. So they couldn't even change it literally five seconds after when it was a throw-in. You could see they wanted to, and then they just kind of swearing. They knew they'd made the biggest howler they've made to date. That is ridiculous. The fact that they got confused and they just thought, yep. Yeah, you know, it's onside, but the referee was checking to see if it was offside. It's just comical and I just can't believe it. Although it is a bit annoying because Liverpool fans are always, you know, they're always moaning more than most, you know what I mean? But if that happened to Wolves, I think if that had happened to Wolves against Man City and we lost 2-1, I'd have just been like, yeah, fuck football, I'll give up. Sell my seat. Like I, that was the sort of thing, that if that happened to Wolves, after what we've already had, I'd just been like, yeah, fuck the Premier League because that is just beyond ridiculous.
1: Uh, This this clip obviously came out probably about half an hour before we came on air here, and I knew we were going to probably talk about this. And the thing is, given how we've heard a bit of the audio in recent weeks, thinking back to potentially our decision at Man United or or, all the various other things where they've started releasing the audio, I was not surprised this happened because we said when we were listening to this, this is just a shambles. They're all shouting over each other. They don't know what's going on. There's too many voices there. There's not just one person talking. It's, it's going to lead to mistakes. And that's exactly what's happened here. And the fact that th- this whole thing was obviously brought in to make sure things like this didn't happen, this is something that's really easy to say, okay, that's definitely onside, the goal should be given. And the fact that there's these two slash three people sat there watching this game on a screen, and none of them know what the on-field decision was from the game that they're in charge of, to be able to go and say what that what what the correct decision should be it's just it's just a shambles and the question at the start then was uh, is it incompetence or is it corruption i still think it's a little bit of both because there's lots of unconscious bias still in these rulings at the same time but also this is just incompetence because they obviously weren't watching that game with the degree of uh degree of concentration they should be even though there are potentially three pairs of eyes on it it's just it's just an absolute shambles really and the the way it's being implemented is just just ridiculous the fact they're all shouting over each other as i said means that there's going to be mistakes because nobody knows what's going on nobody knows who's talking to each other but at the same time the bureaucracy of it is stupid because people would have more respect for them if when they realize they've made a mistake even if they're not allowed to stop the game they just stopped the game and just gave the goal because nothing had happened no Nothing happened in that space of time. Just get the decision right. But what they did then is they made a decision, okay, we've messed up, so we've just got to go with it. We've just got to go with it and not give the goal and take the fall out rather than just getting the decision correct, which is just stupid. Um, and the, the other thing, the other part of this is, remember the VAR in the, uh, in the World Cup for offsides, where it was basically automated, wasn't it? And it, it worked pretty well. The decisions were good. You eliminate the human error. You get rid of the morons. And they were offered that this season. And they said, nah, nah. Would rather have them more on shouting over each other, please, and uh, getting stuff wrong. It's like I, I don't get what, where, where the ego comes into it, and, and I, I just don't understand it really. I'm still, I'm still of the of the opinion that just get rid of it for everything apart from automate the VARs, have the Hawkeye Eye on the goal lines, and use it in extreme cases of mistaken identity, and that's it. Because you can't really get that wrong if you send off the wrong player or something like that. But I, I, I just not surprised. But now it's happened to Liverpool. There probably will be some changes made because no one was that bothered when when we had a game against Liverpool where they gave were offside because they the camera wasn't working and they couldn't be sure it was a goal, so we better just rule it out. Was that yeah, like that well, happened? Yeah, all, exactly, all the yeah, stuff, all yeah, this stuff that yeah, happens. It's yeah. like this is true. We're, we're saying these things like, it, and it sounds like ridiculous, but we've got our stories. Every club in the league will have their own stories about how incompetent it is. Well, what's the point? What's the point? It just makes the game less enjoyable for
3: everybody involved. Do you think it should be like Cricket Harry, where you've got a a certain number of of challenges, where if you really do feel like you're aggrieved, then you can go upstairs for as as long as you need?
2: Yeah, I think that's good, because managers have a little monitors in front of them now, don't they? So, like Gary O'Neill, he's always on it. You always see him watching the clips, like that handball at Luton. He was straight over to the fourth official with the rules. So I think that would work way better. Like you say, get one or two um, ones where they have to really look at it and look again. Because uh, if, if that was the rule then, Klopp could have been like, no, look at that again, stop the play. And then the right decision would have been made. So maybe that is the way, maybe.
3: Yeah, and the communication to say goal or no goal, I think that would have cleared it up as well. But complete lack of, as soon as you say things like go with your decision, you need to be way more clear, way more clear. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's a, it's a complete farce. Listening
1: to that clip as well, the best thing was, it's like, do these people understand football? Because he was like, oh, offside. Yeah, offside, a so goal. What, so it's offside, so it's a goal. It's, it's like, that's, that's the level <laughs> yeah, of that's like true. confusion yeah. that's going yeah. on here. It's yeah. like, oh yeah, he's, he's offside, so it's a goal. Like, what? No, you know, what? And that, they were honestly confused about that for a good 20 seconds.
2: He's like, are you happy with your decision? Like, he's saying to the main VAR bloke, are you happy? And the main VAR bloke, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he clicks. He's like, oh shit, I can't do anything. Yeah,
1: there. yeah. <laughs> He doesn't realise the game has restarted, which he's watching. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, 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 so that's the true. level that we're at. Like he's supposed to be the, the eyes, who the, the, the pair of eyes to get everything right here, and he doesn't realise
3: that he's restarted. <laughs> I oh no, there's nothing I can do. There's nothing I can do. I think he was probably waiting for Liverpool to score because they were on the attack, weren't they? That would just save his blushes somewhat. But my God, yeah, bloke's given a try and a conversion. Right, let's move on to uh Villa at home. Harry, um Sunday this time. We love Sunday, don't we? Nuts. Um I guess you go unchanged. Uh, Belguardis is is obviously still suspended for this one. Um five at the back again, isn't it?
2: Yeah, I think so. Um it was a treat against City. I know they put six past Brighton Villa, but it didn't tell the full story. Um, if you look at the stats and things like that, they was just super clinical on the day. But if Villa come at us as aggressive as City did, which obviously it's not going to be the same sort of thing, I think it'll work out advantage just to hit them on the counter.
3: Obviously, Brighton have had a, a brilliant start to the season, Jack. Obviously, it's, it's gone off the boil a little bit. Everyone was touting to Zerbi for uh, the Real Madrid job potentially next season. And they're going to get absolutely spanked by Villa 6-1. Tails will be a. How do you think Gary O'Neill will approach this one? Because they are a different side to City, but they are free scoring. I think it will be
1: very similar. Um, the fact that O'Neill might have found a formula now that, that that works, I think he's got to stick to. I know Harry was breaking up then, but he said same team. And yeah, exactly the same team. Very similar game plan. Not exactly not exactly the same. Because obviously, although Villa are doing really well at the moment, they're not quite on City's level. Um but it's, it's going to be a really difficult game because re- remember when we played brighton earlier this season we were we were shouting for them because you know last few seasons at Molyneux, they've been a brilliant side and i was quite surprised by that that villa result to be honest them putting 6 past them i think that was a bit of an eye opener and probably a bit of a statement of intent of how good villa probably probably are this season and how much they've massively improved under emery um so it's yeah it's going to be a difficult one uh, the, the the glimmer of hope i've got i mean If we'd have got battered by City, I would have thought this would be another L as well. But the fact we've shown that we can have a game plan, stick to it and deliver results uh, is promising. And we do have a good record against Villa. Um, That said, I think it's going to be a very, very tough game, to be honest with you. And um, we'll just have to see how it goes. Take it minute by minute. But uh, uh, we've already got more points this week than I thought we were going to. So, um, so you know, let's let's just let's just take that for now. But hopefully, we can get something like nice say because our record is good, and they'll be coming here expecting to win. So hopefully, that builds into the into the team talk, particularly when we've had
3: you know quite sort of different starts of the season. And Harry, obviously, the atmosphere at Molyneux against City was mostly a lot of frustration and anger aimed at, at Nunes that seemed to lift the crowd. Do you think that there's an element that there's going to be a little bit of that expectation creeping in? Because, you know, we are so fickle as fans that, you know, we're going to beat Man City and then the expectation goes through the roof again. And then maybe if we don't get off the great a great start against Villa, then it, it dips a little bit. Do you think, what do you think the atmosphere will be like on Saturday? And, and how would you sort of keep it a little bit more contained?
2: Yeah, well, I think the fact that it's two o'clock on a Sunday does make a bit of a difference, unfortunately. It's not as raucous as if we play them on a Saturday. As you say, I hope we don't go into expecting to win. We need that underdog mentality. That's when Molyneux is at its best. But yeah, just got to get behind them. Hopefully we get an early goal, get the crowd going, because that usually works. But I said the other week, even before the City game, I felt like we'd win this game because we always seem to do well against Villa. Um, we just, You know, we just do at home. So yeah, just hope the South Bank are on it, hope the whole ground are on it and yeah we just need something to cheer about and not go one nil down early or something like that because that'll take the wind out of the fans
3: yeah uh, are we hoping to see Sasha um, this time around Jack I think it, it's a bit of a weird one isn't it because we're not seeing him appear in games Fabio Silva's coming on um, if he's not fit I don't think he should be on the bench but then I suppose there's a, a little bit of a case of we've got no strikers not sure
1: really don't know to be honest um Bit of a bit of a strange one, isn't he? Because, yeah, he's not, not been seen much. Is he injured, do you know? Do you, like, is there something going on there, or is it still?
3: No, no? idea. Nobody no. Knows. Well, he's on the bench, isn't he? I mean, you'd you think if he's... Unless he's carrying a knock, potentially, but you're trying to see... He didn't look fit to Ipswich today. After about
2: 20 minutes, he looked like he struggled a bit. So, might not be fully fit, yeah.
3: Might not be fully fit,
1: not sure. It's just a case of, you know, we have quite limited striker options, really. So, it's a toss-up, really, between... Babio and Sasha, particularly if neither of them are starting, then any one of them's going to come on. But at the moment, our goal race is Swang and Neto in it. So those are the ones who have got to start. And if you don't have an out and out strike on the pitch because of it, then that's what you do. Right. No, no,
3: very, very interesting. Uh, let's do a score prediction, Harry. Uh, I'm
2: going to go 2 2.
3: Jack? 2 0, Villa. What I'm going to go for uh, two one wolves. Um, Harry, if you can get some bets, Jack has got your ticket news.
2: Uh just do the ticket news this week, lads. I unfortunately haven't got oh, any but...
1: ticket news either. The <laughs> website's <laughs> so
2: sweet. the, the, the new website's so rubbish. I mean,
1: nothing's nothing's changed since last week anyway, because we've just got information for the other way games of Bournemouth and Sheffield United and. The, and that's it, really. Nothing else has been released in the last week. But it's such a pain trying to get on that new Ticketmaster theme because it just blocks me and says, oh, can you identify all the lampposts, please? Oh, two just guys, yeah. So yeah. it's just a waste of time.
2: I'd assume we're slight underdogs against Villa, but uh, I haven't looked. Yeah, so sorry. I-, I can't go on my phone to look because my internet will drop out again. <laughs> that's a very
3: good point. Something that we do have, though, is uh, news about the Sevener Side charity game. So I'm going to pass you over to Harry, who's actually been at Molyneux this week.
2: Yeah, so last night actually, um, as we mentioned last week, seven aside charity game, eight teams, one person from each team turned up last night. Dazzling Dave sorted it. Bit of a draw, and then I suppose the news to come out of it is we're the opening game against Talking Wolves. Um, we've got Wolf whistling our in our group, who have got ex-Wolves players playing potentially. Dave Edwards is being rumoured. Um, David Jones, who used to play the Mick McCarthy as well. So should be fun. But as we said, all for a great cause. That's what we're doing at the Wolves Foundation. They're also doing a sleep out at Molyneux, aren't they? And met one of the blokes there from the foundation, you know, top bloke. They're they're happy it's going on. They're looking to make it a yearly thing. And yeah, I'll put a link in the description to this video again. So if you can put anything towards it, it'd be much appreciated. And fair play to Dazzle. Um, He sorted it all off his own back. Obviously, the club are now backing him. Sorting out all the referees and insurance and all that, so should be fun, shouldn't it? Talking walls opening game. One bad thing is though, I did find out they've got EAB skills on their team, and he's literally like a little wizard. So someone after one mark him as we're going to lose our opening game.
1: <laughs> just get just get Sam to take him out like he did in the last. <laughs> year. Yeah. They don't they um,
3: tackling like that anymore.
1: Um, <laughs> so it looks. It sounds like we're in the group of death, the guys, doesn't it? Um, uh, it's a
3: little bit. Yeah. Is it top two? Yeah, so through,
2: I don't. Yeah, I think so. But I think even if you lose, you play. It's like you have like a losers' playoff. Like you don't just go out and then you don't play. Um, but we've got—is it Wolfpack? The draw has been done. If you look on Always Wolves YouTube channel, the draw has been done, and then he's releasing a bit of a, a bit of a video where he's interviewed all the people about it. But yeah, Wolf Whistle would we'll probably lose that. Talking Wolves could be fairly even. You know, apart from Ewan, e, e, EAB skills. I think the rest are as bad as us. And then uh, mm-hmm. I think, is it the Wolf Pack? Who oh, I've got no idea what they're like or who they are.
3: So should be interesting, but it's all for a good cause. Apparently, We've got to play in good spirits. Good point. Um, Harry, I believe, has a quiz. And in his own words, it is the greatest quiz that has ever been written. So, um, mm-hmm. Harry, I hope it lives up to expectations. So we'll pass it on to Mansell.
2: Okay, this week, because of Gary O'Neill becoming the best manager in the Premier League, the quiz <laughs> theme is Wolves Managers and it's history. Ow. So, right. Heads or tails, Jack?
1: Heads, Harry, please.
2: And it is heads. Do you want to go first or second?
1: i, I I'll go first. Sam always goes first, so I'll go yeah. first, please.
2: okay. So, as I say, question one. Since 1877, oh. there's only ever been one Spanish Wolves Manager. Who was it? Lopetegui. Well done, starting off nice and easy. If I didn't get that one, then I'd yeah, say we were good going going quiz. Sam. Yeah. Since eighteen seventy seven, there's only ever been one Irish manager. Who was it?
3: Mick McCarthy. Okay, start off easy.
2: All right. Oh God, if you'd got that wrong, I'd laugh my balls off. Imagine. Jack, a little bit harder.
3: Jack. There's only ever yep. been
2: one Norwegian manager. Who was it?
1: Stunner bucket. Well done. Yeah. Did you know that, Sam? I, 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 the way like, you've been, because we've been so crap lately, you've made it like a really easy patronising nice
3: with Christmas Mate. What colour is the red
2: fire? Too. Don't talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, He's luring it there's into only ever thing. been... There's only ever been one Italian manager. Who was it? Italian. Don't look at the comments.
3: Yeah, don't look at the comments. I mean, it has to be the recent, doesn't it? So, it, uh... oh, what was Zenga? Zenga?
2: Well done, yes. Yeah, got there, yeah. Right, gets a bit tougher now, Jack. Not too tough. I could have gone very bad, but I haven't. All Will right. Martin W. You take Zenga? away. Hit. There's only ever in the history of Wolves been four... Welsh managers. The first one was a bloke called Ted Vizard in Oh, I knew Ted Vizard as well. Uh, the other one was Rob Edwards for about two months in 2016. Who were the other two Welsh, I've Welsh got managers them. in our history?
3: I've got them.
1: See, Welsh is a diff- weird one, Because you don't know who's Welsh, really, do you? Well, it's
2: basically
3: a um, county.
1: Yeah.
2: Welsh so much of an easy quiz
1: well yeah it's not easy now i'm getting to. Com- get, um... don't look at the comments i'm not looking at the comments i'm uh, mar no i'll
3: go and throw it away i reckon uh, i reckon, I reckon so? it Sh-
1: should, I, it's, should it... I know these dean saunders
3: yeah uh, yes, the other one i yeah. think is and... kenny, kenny jacket i think is the other one
2: kenny jacket yeah it's kenny jacket welsh <laughs> is he oh,
3: yeah he's he from is. watford but uh, i think he played for huh. well, he?
2: so jack gets an uh, incorrect question uh, correct answer even on the easiest quiz he's ever done. Sam <laughs> <laughs> um, I see in the history of wolves, there's only mm. ever been four Scottish oh, managers. The first one was Andy oh, Beatty in nineteen sixty-four for a year. Second one was a <laughs> bloke called Tom Doherty in nineteen eighty four. Who were the other two yeah. Scottish managers in our history?
3: Well that is Mark McGee, isn't it?
2: That's one. Um, Can you get the other one for the for the point?
0: Yeah. You're
2: gonna kick yourself. You're gonna kick Am yourself. I... Don't look at the comments. No, I don't know. It was Martin I... W's on fire. It is Paul Lambert.
3: Oh yes.
2: So luckily Shame. for you two, I have done a tiebreaker because that's all the questions normally. You both got two points each. So what I'm gonna do is in the history, our whole history, is Sam. I'm... And Jack, lock in your answers. Either write them down or just put it in your head and don't cheat. How many total walls managers has there been in our history? Sam and Jack, lock your answers in. Either write it down or just put it in your head. And then I'll ask Sam okay. for his um, first. I, I, lock it in, Jack. T- no, we should, don't cheat. Don't I, go off what Sam says. I, I, lock it
1: in. I, I, no, I, I, give, me, give me a minute to think, Gary. There's a lot of pressure this. <laughs> um.
2: Don't say it out loud. Oh. Sam, lock yours in.
3: Yeah, i got locked in. I've written <laughs> it down.
2: It's for the win this is. Closest one to it wins.
3: Should we stay at the same
1: time, Sam?
2: Yeah, all right. Exactly. No, no, we're not cheating. But All right, then. Go on, then. Three,
1: two, we'll one. Say 25. 77. So
2: that's 25 Tw- to 77.
1: 25? Yeah. Managers so ever. The, that's actual, answer, right?
2: the correct answer is, which you two better be good at maths, because it's going to be really close, oh, she's 41. So who is closer?
3: That's definitely me. Yeah, that is, that is, that is yeah. Sam
2: Takes that, that it. That's yeah, A lot of It was Major Frank Buckley
3: for about 30 years, wasn't it? So, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. yeah, yeah,
2: that's what, uh I was if Rob Edwards was on there because he literally, on the record, he said he was there for about, uh, about
3: three weeks. <laughs> well, there you go. you, what did you and think and of the quiz. Loved that quiz. Loved that. And that I was won it. That's very easy, because, though. That's the best could, quiz ever. I could say to all my friends who are here now that I won the greatest quiz ever. Well, best of luck if you're going up to Monolu at the weekend. Uh, hopefully, bring back another three points or just another great performance. We'll be uh, very much looking forward to it. We'll say goodbye to Harry Mansell.
2: Yes. Uh, please donate to the foundation. Please subscribe. Cheers for listening. And I hope Bayless enjoys skiing. See you,
3: everyone. <laughs> it's a goodbye from <laughs> Chat Williams. <laughs> yeah, bye. Ah, is
0: a goodbye for me. Goodbye.
3: Sports Social Podcast Network.
0: Step into the world of power, loyalty.